for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Peter Reckel. How's it going today, Peter? Hey, man. Good, good. Good. Good I'm to see you. Glad to, glad to have you on. Glad we're having a good internet day because last <laughs> time when yeah. we had uh, Kelly on, it was just like, oh, this, this is yeah. bad. And we were supposed to have you on, I think, a couple of days later. And it's like... Yeah. We live in the middle of the ocean, you know. Yeah, I, I feel Let you. Let go. Yeah. Um, but first off, I want to thank you so much for giving us the time to sit down and chat. I'm really excited to talk to a fellow Midwesterner. South, <laughs> I was going to say South Chicagoan, but I don't really consider uh, yeah, South why, Bend and Elkhart. Why is Indiana, Michigan, Midwest? I don't it's, know. I've it, been trying to figure that out. Northern me. <laughs> I've been trying to figure that one out, but everybody always told me it was like the Midwest. And I was like, it makes no sense. Makes no sense, but that's what everybody says. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. So uh, you're from, or you were born in, born in Elkhart. Uh, what's kind of your background, uh, like origin story? Origin story. Huh. Well, I grew up mostly in Michigan. Okay. Um, my, my younger years, I was, uh, our family had a, we lived on a farm, basically. It wasn't a working farm that we made yeah. money from. It was a working farm that provided us food. And, yeah. uh, you know, we had huge vegetable gardens, uh, cows. I had a horse, you know, it was that kind of uh, upbringing when uh, I was younger. And um, I equate a lot of who I am to that that part mm -hmm. of my life because uh, protecting honoring loving the earth is a huge part of uh, of who i am and um and also i have five siblings so we had a pretty big family for um for that time i mean back then when people ask how many how many is in your family i say six kids and go oh are you catholic no we weren't catholic <laughs> we were brought up baptist so church was a a staple in our life and mostly i think someplace <laughs> my parents could go and the kids could be put into their classrooms and stuff and they would have time to breathe mm -hmm. but it uh, it it was sort of my uh, my introduction to music you know being in the choir and stuff like that my mom was a singer and she was always in the choir so that was where music was first brought into my you know part of my life um and then growing up, you know, it, I uh, had a, a music teacher that for some reason thought I might be good at being on stage. And he got me involved in the community theater by saying, hey, your dad's a builder, right? Yeah. And I said, yeah. <laughs> and he invited me in to help build sets. And from there, you know, I he, he let me be in the cast of uh, West Side Story as Baby John. Mm-hmm. 
and you got to be in fights and <laughs> see the pretty girls. And yeah. I, I was hooked. So it was like, it was just part of my life from then on being, being in theater, pretending was just, uh, just, a you know, just fun all in no, general. Fun, but I learned, I was in an acting class, you know, when I was in my mid thirties mm -hmm. and listening to an acting teacher say, there was a study at some time that, actors could be the most healthy people because they get to pretend like like kids mm -hmm. all the time and pretending is one of the most healthy things you can do it's just the other business part of acting that <laughs> screws them up yeah. so so um i i'm pretty fortunate in that i was able to do something that um it was just fun like you said and so you were born in Indiana, grew up in Michigan. And then when you graduated high school, you ended up going, moving to Boston or was it junior high you attended high school in Boston? No, I, um, the, that music teacher I was just talking about, um, he had a son and who was older than mm -hmm. myself. And, uh, they moved to Boston to go to Boston Conservatory of Music. Mm -hmm. And when I was going, I don't know, what am I going to do once I graduate high school? Yeah, He, was, he, he said, just, come here, try, try the conservatory, see, see what it's like. And so I went into a program that was uh, uh, actually one of the few music theater programs in the country where you combine the drama, because the school had the three departments, drama, dance, and music. And this, this uh, program involved all three. So there again, I just started. And um, about my second year, I figured, man, we had some speaker come in that really impressed me. Some, somebody who was on Broadway working and who had, uh, had gone to the school. And their, their talk with me really impressed me that, because up to then I was just kind of floating, doing, you know, first time away from home, et cetera. And uh, their, their little speech really hit me that I had to work hard to, to make this work. And, so, so my work ethic kicked in that I got from my parents and mm -hmm. uh, from Boston, moved to New York and off, off went my career. Yeah. And so after you uh, moved to New York, that's when you really started focusing. Were you, were you, did you start focusing in on music first or was it acting or was it kind of a combination of the two? Yeah, it was, it was a combination. When I first moved, I worked in a deli mm -hmm. and uh, somebody there said, uh, hey, I've got a vocal teacher. So I hooked up with a voice teacher, started acting classes still went to dance classes, um, you know, just one of the, and the, the, the deli thing was great because I could do all my classes and my auditions during the day. And I worked there in the evening that gave me my dinner, mm -hmm. would take home my, yeah. <laughs> my breakfast. So yeah. provided meals for me. Yeah. So being a starving actor, wasn't quite the starving part. I at least got two, two good meals a day. Yeah. And, um, and actually I was with my voice teacher for, I don't know, nine months or so. And she said, you know, you really need a manager. And I was like, okay. So she introduced me to this manager and the manager said, so you want to be on stage singing and dancing, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. She said, well, let's get you in TV. And if you're successful, then you can do any stage you want. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
fact, in the long run, what she said worked because I, I did As the World Turns for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, moved out to LA. They convinced, and first when I was in LA, I was like, you know what? I've done daytime TV. Mm -hmm. I'm on to movies. I'm on yeah. to nighttime TV. And my agent kept trying to get me to audition for, for uh, uh, soap operas. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like, no, I wanted to, I've done that. My career is beyond that. <laughs> and, uh, finally, I was like, okay, I'll go audition for this Days of Our Lives thing. And, uh, yeah. and, then there's the history. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Good thing and, I did. Yeah. And like, I mean, there, there's worse things in the world, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, so you, you get the gig at uh, days of our lives and you're on there or you're featured on the show on and off throughout the nineties and then uh, into the 20 teens. Uh, but in between there, you're still working on music. Uh, so, how how is it kind of balancing your musical aspirations and maybe your acting aspirations? Well, they're kind of combined because uh. um, what I did while I was on the show, we had two week vacations every year, and um, for one, three or four years there, I would um, go and do music theater. I went mm -hmm. and did Pirates of Penzance, Carousel, and a couple others. Um, so I just combined them and, uh, and I don't know, singing, you know, the days of our lives was just all encompassing. I mean, I was extremely busy on that. So after a while trying to keep the, the, the music part of who I am, yeah. uh, kind of went by the wayside, um, cause it was just, not enough time in the day. Yeah. And and then I met this incredible singer, songwriter, producer person, and she convinced me to put together an album. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and she did the album for, for the show. Kelly uh, said, hey, you've always, you know, been a singer. And yeah. at that point uh, it had been probably 10 years since I had sung and um, we did this album and uh, it was fun and it sort of brought music back in my life, but it was, it was difficult because having someone as a partner who was as, as incredible as she is mm -hmm. at what she does, it was like, for me, singing was just kind of fun, yeah. but um, for her, it's, you know, it's obviously a, a passion is just who she is. It's part of her being. And when she sings, it's just like a, she's channeling yeah. many other singers or something. Cause it's her performances are just astounding. <laughs> um, so singing in front of somebody like that was a little, <laughs> a little intimidating. intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Oh, one thing I've always kind of been curious about, what's the shooting schedule like for a uh, soap opera, like Days of Our Lives? Well, at the beginning, um, when I was working four or five days a week, it was all, you know, you go in and the you'd have to be there at 6, 6.30 in the morning and, you know, rehearse the, or actually camera, no, <laughs> block, the, they block the actors with the, 
director. Then they go through the whole show, block the cameras with the actors doing the thing. Then you do a dress rehearsal and then you go in and tape the whole show. So, you know, and we do whole, at that time it was 47 minutes or something. Mm -hmm. No, 43 minutes of show in a day, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, just unbelievable. So, you know, you'd be at the studio 10, 12, 15, if there were stunts, you know, like fights or things like that, you're there for, you know, 18 and 20 hours a day. And at that time I was doing pretty much five shows a week. Oh, wow. And so it was just crazy busy. As budgets went away, you know, in the last um, 20, 30 years or 20 years, budgets sort of got cut down and down and down. We stopped going outside the studio for things. And it got to when I was last doing the show, you would have a talk through with the director. Mm hmm. Then you'd have sort of a dress through so that the cameras knew what they well, what they were supposed to shoot, mm-hmm. and you would tape it, and you better get it the first time. <laughs> and so it was, you know, you get it the get first time because they're not reshoot it. Two rehearsals and you're taping it, so it was yeah. really fast. Yeah, you know, just saving time, and so you really had to be prepared. You had to really rehearse with your with your scene partners beforehand and yeah. just trust that it was, you know, let's go. <laughs> yep. And how far ahead were you shooting? Was, was it like a week ahead of time or was it a little bit more than that? No, most, most often it was a month ahead of time, okay. but there were times where, where we would get further ahead. Like when the Olympics were on and we mm-hmm. were preempted, we'd get further ahead. Um, last time I was on the show, shooting that last those last things the show was like six months ahead oh wow Uh, but then with covid you know they shut down and the show kept airing and i'm not sure where they're at now or how they're even doing what they're doing but yeah they're they're still going yeah as you know it's it's one of those things where it's just like hollywood found a way to even keep working through the pandemic so Mm. and you know and we did. It didn't matter. I mean, um, there's a couple of people who uh, put put my scenes on, or Days of Our Lives scenes on uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, um, my daughter never watched the show when she was younger because yeah. she couldn't deal with daddy, you know, kissing somebody else or having a daughter who wasn't her and stuff. Yeah. But now she's she's interested in wondering why people talk about her dad the way they do. And so every now and then I show her uh, scenes from the show. And uh, Angie, one of the people who puts uh, stuff on Twitter, you know, if I ask her to do show some stuff, she'll put it on and she'll, she showed the scenes where, okay, in these shows, I had stitches in my lip because of an accident in one of the fights during the show. In this show, I had a black eye. In, in this show, I had a broken collarbone. You yeah. know, so it was, you didn't, you didn't not work. Yeah. Well, you know, is is interesting because I never like my mom never grew up watching like the soap opera thing because it was one of those things where if you missed an episode or you missed a day, you were out of the loop completely. 
And so she just, well, that was in the er earlier days, but most of the time when I was on, you kind of get a recap mm -hmm. um, at the beginning of every week. So, yeah. <laughs> so oh, those okay. people who missed a couple of shows, they, they get a catch up. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And so luckily I didn't watch or not luckily, but I didn't watch a lot of soap operas, but uh I, I had a pastor when I grew up that days of his, days of our lives was his thing every day at noon or whenever it came yeah, on in Chicago. That's, yeah. that's, that's what he watched. Watching, yeah. And in the sermons on Sunday, it was, no way. it was, he would take some kind of a story that happened and work it into his sermon. Oh as like a comparison. New one on me. That is crazy yeah and i'm just I, like i've heard all sorts of stories that one i've never heard yeah, that's crazy. it would take like i like i mean i can't give you a specific example because this was 15 years ago but it was yeah. like we'd be sitting there and he's like and first corinthians you know whatever whatever <laughs> oh, no. it's like what happened on days of our lives <laughs> oh, wow. it's like oh geez okay that is nuts. Yeah. So, it's, it's funny. Um, so you start or you released your first album in 2002, correct? Oh. Or have you, have, were you releasing music prior to that? No, I wasn't. No? Okay. Um, so you released your first body of music in 2002, and it's been a little bit, but then you started uh, releasing music on the Joy album, which released earlier last year. Yeah. It's so weird for me to say 2020 is last year because it doesn't it? Feel like 2020 was a thing. Like, yeah. But um, so what? what's kind of, and then now you've got a new body of work coming out here, hopefully this year. Is that kind of the plan or? Probably. That's what we've been talking about. Yeah. Gotcha. We haven't, you know, Kelly's moved along with her music and Kenny's moved along with his music and actually starting the christmas album for next year so we mm. don't go through the craziness we did this year yeah. but um and mine is is at this point an idea yeah let's let's do this yeah cool all right so how did it feel to get back in the saddle releasing music after taking some time off it was through the uh, joy christmas album yeah it's kind of interesting because um like you said i was a little bit intimidated doing that first one and uh, and I thought at first that I would be kind of nervous going in and singing for Kelly and Kenny and uh, doing this. And it didn't feel that way. For some reason, maybe it's just where I am in my life that I thought, you know, we'll just have fun. We'll do this and um, see what happens. There was like, I didn't feel any pressure. It just sort of was... Uh, and and I think that was the whole feeling of the whole LP of the whole album. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the name Joy is very appropriate for it because so I directed a couple of the videos and um, and I, I got to tell you they were just so much fun to do and easy and and uh, I mean it was I, I mean it, yes it was. We did a lot of work in a very short time. That part was crazy, but the fact the the work itself was pretty effortless. It was mm -hmm. it was 
I mean, for me anyway, um, it was just fun to get back and sing. And that's why when Kelly said, wow, this turned out great and everybody loved it. What do you say? You want to do it? Do some more. I was like, sure. Sure. Let's do it. Sure. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) So, Fun. So it was, so for joy, you had what, two or three songs? Right. No, I just did one on it. Just did one? Okay. Yeah, um, but you were very heavily involved on the video production because yeah. obviously that, that, that's kind of your thing. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> was, was, this, was, was this your first run of doing production, like actual producing and stuff, or had you produced stuff prior when you were still doing the uh, uh, like uh, Hollywood thing, I guess? Uh-huh. I hadn't produced, I haven't produced any. Yes, it was first time with real directing on something that came out that people could see um, uh, and help. You know, I did a lot of the lighting and things and just, you know, making sure that things were there when they needed it. And uh, uh, yeah, it was my first attempt or our first attempt at putting something out there that people actually were able to enjoy. So um, that's why I'm saying it was just um, so easy. Mm-hmm. And I guess mostly because Kelly and Kenny and I and Jason have done this for all our careers. So so um, it was, and we're finally doing things that we love to do. So it was uh, it was just a joy to do. Nice. Gotcha. And so now, now that the Christmas album's out and you're working, you're, you're heavily involved in the second one that'll come out in November, December, whenever, whenever it comes out. Um, uh, and I'm, you'll have music on that one as well, or are you going to primarily? Yeah. Okay. yeah, I'll have something on there. And I think the fun thing that uh, one of the ideas, it's just an idea right now is we'll, we'll, uh, my daughter and I are going to sing a duet. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So that, that's, I'm hoping that will happen. Um, and she wrote a song actually for me at Christmas and, or for us at Christmas. And, uh, and that might be, she's, she, she's like Kelly, she writes songs all the time. So it, it'll depend on which one Kelly really thinks is appropriate for the Christmas album. So I'm excited about that. What's kind of your creative process when you sit down to write music? I don't write music. I just sing it. Um, Kelly and, and Loden sort of have a similar thing where they, I mean, I remember one of my first gifts to Kelly was this necklace and it had a, a little uh, pencil on it uh, that had a little sleeve to protect it. And, and I gave that to her because she just every now and then would, a song would just appear in her, have to get it out. So I, I gave her a pencil so that she could write it down. You know, right now she just picks up her phone and sings a song into her phone. So it works, it works a little easier that way for her. But, um, and Loden is kind of the same way. I mean, she, she'll just have an inspiration and sit down and, you know, in 10 minutes, she'll have a song written. I mean, she wrote when my dad passed, um, she wrote a song about my dad that I, and she just thought, Hey dad, I'm going to go write a song for grandpa. And 
you know, Schmeitz and Sonnen just ripped your heart out. And I don't know how, how they do it, but I just sing this stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't write it. I gotcha. That makes sense. So you're out in New Zealand now, but you're originally from Michigan. Do you still have family in Michigan or is most of your family kind of spread out at this point? I have uh, two sisters in Michigan and um, the rest of the family is in Phoenix. Okay. Phoenix. Mm-hmm. That's actually my, Ooh, I should be getting a text because my younger brother is in Los Angeles and his daughter is about to have a baby. Oh, so wow. He said he was last night. I got a text from him that he was flying to LA. So he can be with her when the baby's born. Oh, well, that's, that's gotta be exciting, especially like, I mean, it's gotta be exciting and scary given the current climate of things. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know plenty of people that have had kids, like it'll be interesting to see the next big boom of kids because of the (laughs) pandemic, you know, it's true. I never thought of that. Yeah. Oh, so we outside of music, outside of film and TV and all that stuff. Uh, what, what are some of your hobbies? What do you, what do you do to kind of escape from the world? Escape is still the same for me. Um, I'm a mountain biker and I, I, uh, just the nature is, has, has been always will be my, uh, my meditation, my, my saving grace. My, I get antsy, I get whatever anxious, go out, ride my bike up a hill and fly down it and and mountain biking here is just incredible yeah Uh, i'd imagine yeah and the thing is is i just out my front door i have some of the top mountain bike biking in the world Mm -hmm. so and the and the cyclists here are just awesome i mean i'll i'll think i'm doing well and and some lady in her fifties come riding by me on the uphill. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, I thought I was doing so well. And then yeah, somebody just comes ripping right, <laughs> ripping right past um, you. It's like, Oh yeah. And I'm well. also, also I, I spend so much time with Loden, you know, Kelly's so busy that I'm the guy who drives her around to her and she and I are doing Kung Fu together. Nice. Uh, so, and you know, I spend a lot of time with our daughter. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I, I, I gotta ask because do you miss acting? Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, now that Loden is getting a little older and doesn't, you know, is she loves me still, but she's like, dad, I need my time. <laughs> and so um, I have gotten an agent and uh, hopefully, yeah, I'll get back at it because I didn't miss it enough to have it be a priority in my life because Loden has been been my priority. Mm-hmm. But um, now that she's uh, she's busier with other things, then uh, it'll give me some time to hopefully get out and do some get back to acting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it, would you have to start making trips back to LA, or is there enough work out in New Zealand? Yeah, well, with the circumstances of COVID, um, a lot of productions are coming here because mm-hmm. we're we're pretty safe here. We're not it, uh, COVID is not a, 
I mean, it's an issue. We're yeah. keeping an eye on it. Well, but you guys have the distinct advantage of being an island and you can kind of control who comes in and who comes out. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, a lot of productions are coming here because we're pretty wide open. As long as you spend your two weeks in quarantine, yep. you're, you're good, you know? Yep. That makes sense. So... Yeah. So you're you're looking to get back on the horse and go go back yes. at it. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. And working on the album, doing that thing. Um, so one of the things that we like to do on Live and Amplified is pass on knowledge to younger musicians. Um, you know that are getting ready to take that next step, or they're getting ready to make the first big step. Like however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for a young musician out musician. there right now, yeah. or just yeah. a young entertainer in general, or artist? Yeah, yeah artist. There you go. Yeah, um, yeah. I think for, for pretty much for any artist, it's a it's a difficult world that we've we've chosen. And like I said at the beginning, I um, I got to the point in my life where I was like, wow, if I want to make this work. I'm going to have to devote everything to it. And, um, and you, man, you have to make sacrifices. And, you know, I think the biggest thing I got from my parents was my work ethic. And uh, when I was on days, I would spend that 15 hours a day. It was all about the show on the weekends. It was all about learning my lines for the next week. The amount of time, I spent to be successful was just stupid. You know, I look back at it now, I was like, what the? And I think as far as artists are concerned, that it has to be the same way. Writers, we're talking to writers, we're talking to my daughter, because she wants to be a writer, songwriter, a, a novelist. And, you know, you look at your good writers and they get up every day and spend eight hours a day, whether they're sitting at the desk, just looking at a piece of paper or, or actually writing something, you got to do what you say you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so many artists that feel like it's not a job, it's just supposed to be something that comes to them. Well, maybe there are people that that happens for, mm-hmm. But it doesn't, that that hasn't been my experience, hasn't been um, the experience of most of the successful artists that I know, whether they're singers, songwriters, actors, you have to, this is one thing that uh, when I was in college, I remember somebody saying, if there's something that you're holding in your back pocket to fall back on, fall back on it. Now, don't waste your time. If you want to be an artist, that has to be your whole life. You have to dedicate everything to that. Um, so work your asses off. <laughs> gotcha. Um, who, are, who are you listening to right now, like musically? Who are, who are some of your influences you're into right now? That is not... Um, you know, I, I listen to all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to the, what my wife likes when I'm with her. I listen to what Loden likes when I'm with her, when I'm, when I'm in the car, just by myself, I just, I listen to 
to classic rock, you know, you know, and mostly because it just brings me back to, you know, when I was young and listening to Bruce Springsteen and, you know, that era. So uh, as far as uh, influences, I think I've been influenced and yeah. that's probably the, what brings me back to myself is uh, the, the, the classic rock stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's what I was raised on. You know, it was uh, yeah. always uh, my mom had control of the car stereo and it was, nope, we're not listening to the top 40. We're listening to the stuff she listened yeah. to. Yeah. And so I was brought into this world listening to like Jethro Tull, Styx, Queen, CCR, right. you know, just all, all the uh, all the good classic rock stuff. So. Yeah. So poor, poor Loden. She gets, she gets a dose of that when I'm taking her to school and picking her up, (laughs) but she, but she does like it. I I do have to say that. Yeah. It, it, it's good stuff and it's a good foundation. And then like, it kind of sucks because I found out about like all the good bands that came out in like the nineties and mid two thousands and all that stuff, like five years ago. So I'm just sitting there like, (laughs) wait a minute who are these guys? Where did they come from? Why am I just finding them now? Well, I'm a bit like that too, because once I started the show, I didn't really listen to music for very, you know, cause I just didn't have time. Yeah. And so yeah, it's just one of those things, you know what you know. And yeah. <laughs> and as, as you kind of get out and expand your horizons, it, it you, you know, you just can't feel bad about, oh, this band's been out for 20 years, but you're just finding out about them because for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I don't want to take too much more of your time. So no, um, no if anybody wants to follow you online, follow your, uh, follow your music, anything you're working on, where's the best place for them to do that? Well, that's the same as Kelly, um, uh, blueiris.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, dot com. Uh, pretty much everything right now, that's where it'll be. And if, if I come up with something else, um, we'll have a link to it off of there. Awesome. Awesome. So a- as we kind of wrap this up, I'm going to ask you the most polarizing question I could possibly ask, but given you're from the Midwest, I'm going to hope you give me the correct answer. Your correct answer. Uh, yes, my correct answer. <laughs> Pineapple pizza, yes or no? <laughs> That's funny. It's all that is a big thing in my house because Loden loves it. Uh-huh. And Kelly's what? <laughs> but I'm with my daughter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm a little hurt, but pineapple, pineapple ham pizza, just there's those days that it, and, but mostly when we have a new one here that I, I love, it's a blue cheese and it's, and a bunch of vegetables. It's just awesome. Well, I've never, I would have never thought blue cheese on pizza. Yeah. That's the thing. It just brings this whole different world into pizza. Guys. That's I'll have to I'll have to look into that one. I like I, well, it's it's just as odd as pineapple. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. really pineapples on your pizza. But it, it's that thing like growing up in Chicago, the Chicago, greater Chicago land area. It was always no, you'll be burnt yeah. at the stake 
from yeah. pineapple on your pizza. So yeah, that, that, that that's kind of why, but as I've kind of been doing the podcast over the last year, like more regularly, I was, I use it as a platform to do nonsense research. Yeah. yeah. And I'm finding out that the pineapple is a very coastal and Southern thing. Like just oh, yeah. people in the South and on the coast for whatever reason. Oh, really? Yeah. No, it's that's but, good to know. <laughs> yeah. But I want to thank you so much for giving us the time to sit no. down and chat. I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute blast. Thank great. you everybody thank- for tuning in and we will catch you guys later. Okay. Cheers. Bye. All right. We're good to go. All right, man. All right. You have a good one. And uh, these pro- uh, Kelly's podcast will be up tomorrow and yours podcast will be up the day after. So Monday for me, Tuesday for you. All right. And you're sending Kelly all that information. Yep. I'll send her all the information. Okay, sweet. All right. Have a good one. You too. All right. Bye.